0: Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call,
1: And I'm Lisa Call, And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage.
0: Thank you for joining us. Our conversation in this episode uh, is uh, around the, the response that our body has uh, when we don't have access, for whatever reason, uh, to our spouse lack of access, the ways in which lack of access tends to impact us individually, but also collectively uh, in our marriage relationship. Because lack of access is a, is a common, familiar experience for us in our marriage. Uh, we spoke previously around attachment, and we, we spent some time talking about the availability and the consistency and how important those are. Uh, but what happens when there's a lack of access? When our spouse, our partner, for whatever reason, uh, isn't accessible, that something sends the message to us uh, that they're not available to us, and then what tends to happen uh, in our body, uh, in the distress that we experience, and then how we might communicate that, cope with that, um, validate that, understand that.
1: Yeah. I think we can react in a lot of different ways. We can be angry. We can be frustrated. Mm You know, all the way to starting to have negative self talk and shame, you know, about, oh, why do I even need, why am I needing this so much? And so we can really turn it toward ourselves. Mm -hmm.
0: Lack of access often uh, is experienced uh, in the form of what we call and we have referred to as uh, the two words gaze aversion, G A Z E, uh, referring to our gaze. So when our gaze is averted uh, in whatever form that might be, it tends to cause a bit of distress uh, uh, for our spouse because it sends the message uh, that there is little to no possibility for access. So gaze aversion uh, can refer to or be something very simple such as a, uh, a momentary look, a look at a text or a response to the ding on the phone or uh, a commercial On the TV or uh, a song that comes on the radio or a phone call that happens or one of our children running into the room or there's just almost infinite possibilities. Or then
1: the prolonged where, you know, we're working extra hard on a project at work. So we're we're late every night for a couple of weeks or or even a a basketball season. So your husband's a basketball coach and for three months out of the year, you, you know their attention is is averted and their gaze is not with you. They're really focused on something else.
0: Yeah, it can be momentary and it can be longer term, uh, more complex. But what we wanna highlight and pay attention to is that often, whether it's momentary or longer term, there tends to be a bit of distress that the other experiences when there's no access for whatever reason. I, you know, the other night we were out on the patio. It was a nice night. Lisa and I were having dinner, uh, and you know, it was a, it was a good moment. And then uh, the the phone dinged, uh, and <laughs> Lisa looked down on her phone and was about to respond to a text. Now, now again, these are these are moments, and they're somewhat benign. Um, but but if I was honest, I would say I was a little bit bothered because I lost access momentarily. the connection that we had in our conversation and when we lose access there's something familiar about that in our own story what happened in our own story again when you or i when we lost access for whatever reason when our when our attachment figure uh was not available in a time of need or when there was a you know maybe a moment of connection or a moment of goodness and and all of a sudden we lost access meaning they they, they turned away or they were gone or they didn't come back for a period of time so it it it's in those simple moments and if mm-hmm. and if those simple moments are compounded over time we can get really bothered by very simple moments
1: mm-hmm. yeah well I one example i I've, I've i thought is really helpful is picturing a child um when mom gets on the phone and and the child all of a sudden you know it was playing on its own but then all of a sudden now he's he or she is coming over and you know talking louder and trying to get your attention and and their anxiety has gone up because you're on the phone you're distracted and it's kind of a common thing Mm -hmm. you know that we kind of laugh about but that's that's a great example of as soon as the other you know is unaccessible something in us something in our body just all of a sudden feels a little tense a little anxious because we just don't have access Mm
0: -hmm. and it's it's often not a a word maybe that we refer to often, but I think that's a really helpful word, the word access, that, that that's what we're reacting to. That's what the distress in our body is connected to, is the lack of access. Uh, there's a very, very powerful uh, YouTube video. It's called The Still Face Experiment that I've used in teachings, we've used them in workshops. Uh, I've used it in classes as well. Uh, it's a It's, I think, one of the most powerful images of what happens when we lose access. And it's just a couple minutes long, uh, again, called the Still Face Experiment. Uh, And it's this video of this young girl, uh, very very young infant girl, that is interacting with her mother in a very playful way. And then the mother turns around for a moment uh, and then returns with a gaze that is just completely flat, meaning there's no engagement. Uh, it, it it's as if she's gone. She's looking at her daughter, but, but she's gone. There's no access. And the way in which this infant girl responds to me is so symbolic and, and familiar for many of us in our marriage is that there is a distress level that is unbearable for this young girl, for this little infant girl that she lost access. And she screams and she points and she wails and she's in complete distress. And I think that's not obviously, what happens in our body at all times when we lose access, but it's it's a very good visual image mm-hmm. of what we mean by gaze aversion. When somehow we lose access, the other is unavailable for whatever reason. Uh, there just tends to be a, a, some distress that our body experiences. So um if if you're able to watch that I think it's a helpful uh it, it's it I would say uh it, it's quite impactful mm-hmm. you know for very powerful very powerful for people that have seen it for the first time Yeah and it's really meant to highlight uh what happens in our body when we lose access when there's something uh, around the the unavailability of our attachment figure
1: I, I think you know I think we if we were just going to talk about it, we wouldn't think that our spouse should be accessible 24 Mm seven, you know, logically. But in those moments when, you know, something's happened, something's come up, you just had a, you know, difficult phone call. You just had, you know, one of the kids got hurt or whatever it is that all of a sudden you feel like I need access. And for whatever reason you don't get that in that moment, you know, that's when it kind of arises up and it doesn't, necessarily feel logical or reasonable you know it's just like i need this right now Mm -hmm. and so i think this is just a really helpful way to explain the dynamic understand the dynamic and um just have more awareness of what's happening you know not that it solves the problem but it's just more of we're. this is just creating more awareness of what's happening what's going on making Mm -hmm. sense of it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah part of part of a I think the dynamic for the two of us, but maybe for many of you listening uh is let's go back to that example at the table you know the other night when Lisa uh, we were having dinner, we were having a conversation, the phone ding, she responded, she started a text.
1: This doesn't happen very often, <laughs> <laughs> and it
0: goes both ways it too. Goes, of course it does yeah <laughs> it's just it's just a, it's just a, an example to use I mean it's not saying this always occurs well, what I want to highlight in that. Is that as Lisa started to text and then she was done? Uh, I, I was, I, I, I think I would say I became quiet. Uh, I was a bit withdrawn. Mm, I was like, never mind. Uh, and that is a common relational response when we lose access, is that in that very moment, uh, for many of us, we just say, forget it. Uh, we withdraw. We don't engage. Get defensive. We get. We, we might get defensive. You know. I think you even said. You know. What's, what's up? You seem a little quiet. And you know. I. I it's. It's that. That example is a. It. I want to say it's not the momentary moment. It's when they begin to be uh, familiar or common or. When they when they start to add up it that's the distress that, that we that begins to build.
1: Right. Or or you don't have the words.
0: Right. We don't for have the it. words. And yeah. so you
1: just feel distressed and you mm-hmm. don't know what to say and you just feel angry and mm-hmm. you can't even talk it out because, you know, what they're doing maybe is reasonable. You know, they're just working or they're just they were in a meeting and they were busy, you know. And so I think when you're the one that was busy and the other one wanted access, I think we often wanna explain ourselves and, you know defend ourselves and say but i needed to do this and you know and the point isn't that the person has to stop what they're doing that's not the point or you should have been able to stop your meeting and come out or you should have been available to me but it's more about being able to put words to it right and just be able to say this is what's happening for us and this is what happened for me right now and and then kind of have that understanding that moment of understanding
0: absolutely i think that's the key piece is it's that in this conversation, uh, and for those of you listening beyond this moment, it's not—it's not so much that we, uh, it's not so much that there isn't room to be distracted. It's that for us to have the awareness of the impact—that's the key piece. Yeah, it's without the defensiveness. without defensiveness. Yeah, like I, you know, again in that moment, that was a simple moment. You know, Lisa got done. I was quiet. Uh, she, you know, I think, you noticed something wasn't quite right.
1: Or, you know, you know, I want I to said, pick up I, on the conversation. Okay, now what were you saying about whatever? And, and maybe it was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, um,
0: it was. It was a never mind. And what was and going on in your head? I think the never mind was, you know, the heck with this. Uh, I don't want to talk anymore because we were interrupted and you, you something else was more important. Now, that isn't true, but that's often what feels true in our marriage is that when our spouse is, for whatever reason, distracted for a moment or a long period of time, we can then be tempted To interpret it as something about us, and that's uh, I think a significant part of the way in which gaze aversion impacts us is that when our spouse turns away is unavailable for whatever reason, we then can interpret that as something along the lines of, "Well, I guess I'm not that important. I guess my need doesn't matter." Uh, It 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 can at times even uh, trigger, you know, what I would call these shame scripts the the ways in which we then say something about our own need like "oh, silly that's you know what's wrong with you why would you need that
1: right self-judgment sure you know I shouldn't have shouldn't have expected that Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have wanted that I should have needed that
0: what's wrong with me that I need access that and and I do think that is a very formative primal question that we begin to ask at a very very early age that we're not even aware that we're asking Hmm. It's that we ask that question of what's wrong with me Uh, and what's wrong with me that I have this need because that at times is the only way that we can make sense when our attachment figure and or when our spouse doesn't respond. It's that the only way we can make sense of it is that, oh, there must be something wrong with me or something wrong with the need.
1: Or or what's wrong with me that I can't get their attention. Right? You know, I must, I need to be better. I need to be more interesting. I need to be. You know, a list goes on and on. How can I be a certain way? And we can we can devote a lot of attention and a lot of energy to being a certain person that our spouse mm-hmm. will pay attention to. And then it could still happen because it's it's going to happen. It's life, and it happens over and over. And and so it's not about trying to maintain that need that mm-hmm. attention. It's yeah. it's more about awareness and being able to mm-hmm. put words to it and talk about it.
0: Mm-hmm. What would you say happens for you when, when there's a lack of access for whatever reason? Well, Uh.
1: depending on the situation, I think easily I can go to. Well, I'm not important. Mm -hmm. I'm just not that important. This was, you know, something silly. I guess I shouldn't have thought that. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't have wanted that. I can go there so fast. Mm -hmm. It's it's scary, and even after having the awareness, it still happens on the daily. You know, and so I think the thing that's happening for us though, is that we're able to catch it a little bit quicker and realize, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. I know it's happening. And either just know that for yourself or communicate it with each other. I think we've been able to catch it when it's hasn't gone as long. Mm-hmm. Whereas years ago, it could go on for the whole day. It could be so frustrated and mad because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel like you responded to me or I, go along in my shame script and and then we lose a whole day being mad or
0: yeah it can be I mean it, it it can have that kind of impact and we're not even aware of that's what happened and that for me and my my work with couples it, it's such an essential feature of trying to understand some of the disconnect in our marriage at times uh it's paying attention to the ways in which we react internally, but also externally, when our spouse is unavailable, or they're distracted, or their gaze is averted, in whatever form it is, uh, it's that it there's often this withdraw, disengage, uh, never mind. However, that's communicated, uh, and then the other uh, sometimes doesn't know what to do or what to say or how to respond.
1: Or they might just withdraw back, uh, you sure. know. And then you get couples that are continually in a battle of withdrawing and it goes on for weeks months years and now they're so far disconnected that how did this even start mm-hmm. you know but if we don't attend to it it can just grow mm-hmm. and we don't even know what we're dealing with here we're just knowing that we're we're defensive and we feel like well they're not paying attention to me so i'm not going to pay attention to them and
0: yeah sometimes when we can notice our spouse withdrawing in whatever way they might whether that's silence or physically withdrawing or not engaging in a conversation or not you know, maybe being emotionally present. Uh, I, I think one of the helpful interventions, quote unquote, that we can offer one another uh, is curiosity. Uh, is that uh, the curiosity around, hey, what happened? Or, hey, you seem a bit quiet or, hey, you seem a bit withdrawn. Do you want to check in? And and, and to me, that is such a, uh, a what what we could say critical crucial part of recovery when we experience lack of access, it's that when we notice our spouse withdrawing for whatever reason, there's just that curiosity of hey, what where'd you go? Not just literally, but uh, you know figuratively in those moments of what happened, and it's out of curiosity. It to me it's a it's a form of invitation rather than demand. Uh, it's saying I notice something. Uh, Happened, And I I want to be curious about what's going on or or what happened for you. And I I think those are the moments of recovery um, that that allow us to stay connected in a way that we might not have done before. Now what I think where some of us can, and this is true for us at times, is that sometimes what's difficult is that uh, when we are curious, uh, sometimes we can hear blame. Uh, in response, like you're on your phone again. You're always talking to your coworker, or you know, you're you're watching another game, or you, you were late again. I mean, it can come out like that. Mm-hmm. It, it can come out as as blame and accusation, and oh boy, you know, then we get into defensive posture. And so, how do we, as we've talked about uh, in another podcast around hurt, how do we put words to hurt without blame? Well, mm-hmm. oh, that was hard for me. You know, we're, I thought we were having a good conversation, and. You know, it. You're. You, you know, you turned away and spent a few minutes on the phone, and our conversation lost momentum. Like, now that that that's a somewhat of a benign example, but it's meant to reveal that we have the opportunity to offer how we're impacted um, by the invitation of curiosity. Hey, what happened? You seem a bit upset. You seem a bit bothered. Do you want to check in? Yeah, sure. You know, this is hard for me to say or it's hard for me to reveal, but yeah, I, I mean, think I was a little it's, triggered.
1: It's so vulnerable. It is. And uh-huh. it's. it feels, I don't know, it just feels weak. It feels vulnerable. And unless, you know, you talk about it ahead of time and you decide this is what we're going to do and we're going to both do it, I think it doesn't come natural. You know, it doesn't, it just feels like.
0: Which oh, part? Which part doesn't I don't come. know.
1: Just um, why did that impact you? Oh, well, you know, it kind of hurt my feelings. You know, or something like that. I think it's harder to admit that we want to just mm. seem strong, like no, we can just go on, it's mm-hmm. okay. But then we get defensive. Mm-hmm. So,
0: well, I think part of that is we're bothered that it bothers us, right? Like I would, I mean, again, if we we're if those of you listening were at the table with us, you would say it, it's not so much about the experience itself; it's that it's that there's judgment about being bothered. That that's sometimes. What is that play more so than the event itself. It's that it's no big deal. Why is this a big deal? So sometimes there's a, there's almost again judgment toward it toward it actually having an impact on us. Like, right. come on, Steve, what's it's no big deal. Like that that is, I think for many of us, what we try to do when we lose access is we try to somehow interpret it and internalize it and take it on as, Oh, it's no big deal. Come on. It's no big deal, come on. And right. and we can only say that for so long, for so many times,
1: right? And and then if it if it has something to do with our story, you know, mm-hmm. that accesses something in our story, then it really we really come up with this response that feels like out of proportion. Like, why is this? Why has this hurt me so bad? Why is this so difficult? Um, you know, with with you being my new emotional, you know, connection. Sometimes if we're in an emotional conversation, and then for whatever reason we get distracted, It just it's really hard for me because it took me a long time to even express my emotion.
0: Because of your story. Because of my story. But and, there wasn't access to emotion.
1: Right, I right. didn't have a lot of right. um, access or understanding or ways to communicate with emotion. We didn't really do that in our family growing up as much. And so when we're involved in a, an emotional conversation or I'm being able to share my emotions and it somehow gets disrupted or somehow you're not available does it have anything to do with what I'm sharing? But it can really be hurtful to me because my story gets stirred up, right? And so we don't always we can't always make sense of that. Mm-hmm. But just as the awareness grows, we can put words to it and say, "Okay, this is what's happening for me right now," and and I, I don't have access to you right now. And instead of go into my own self, you know, judgment and shame. I can acknowledge, wow, okay, this is part of my story. Can we talk about this later? And and then we can deal with it because mm-hmm. we, can, we have words to use and we can communicate it.
0: Yeah, I think what you just named is how helpful it is to cultivate awareness around what's happening and how is this happening connected to our story. I mean, I know we use that word often and we'll, we'll continue to do so, but it's again in those moments where our story is intersecting in, in everyday moments in our marriage. Uh, when I lose access to you to Lisa, uh, there's something of familiarity around that in my own story that I, I lose attach, or I lose connection with my attachment figure that like where are you? Where did you go? And, and I think that's for, and for many of us, there's, there's a, a level of vulnerability, like you just said, Lisa, that, that to actually acknowledge that, to actually name that. That, that that something happened for me uh you know when when i c- couldn't have access to you or with you that something gets triggered mm-hmm. uh i don't know if you you know, some, remember this but a few years ago lisa went on a trip with some some friends and went down the the Oregon coast and uh was i think before you left you said something like hey i'll check in with you uh, <laughs> when uh, during the time and you know seems like a, a helpful thing, right? In our marriage is when somebody goes away, the other tends to check in and <laughs> this is uh, a, mo- a longer story than this moment. And well, maybe we'll come back to it at some point, but uh, Lisa was having a great time. Like you were, you were just enjoying it. And, uh, I didn't hear from you. I think it was three days. Maybe <laughs> I don't uh, think
1: it was three days. Think, okay, two.
0: Okay, two or three, whatever. Maybe
1: like a day and a half.
0: Uh, no, 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 no. I think it was at least three. But but regardless of how long it was, it was long enough that, that there was no access for whatever reason. And uh, when when Lisa came home...
1: I can get really into the moment. And so
0: <laughs> when Lisa I was very came, present where I you was. You were, yes, which is your gift, uh, is that you can enjoy the present. And when you came home... Uh, I think I was at the, in the kitchen or doing something and
1: definitely had you back to (laughs) me
0: (laughs) when you walked in. Uh, if those of you listening, if you, you would have watched, it was as if I pretended and I did, I pretended that I didn't hear Lisa come in the door. Uh, I pretended that I didn't hear her walking down the hallway because I, not only was I just ticked, not only was I just bothered, uh, but it, it, that was a gaze aversion moment throughout the weekend that I lost access. Now, again, this isn't, it isn't meant to say, you know, make sure you call your spouse, make sure you text your spouse. That's not the point. But the point is, is that there's distress in our body. And if we choose to be unaware of what that might be connected to and how that plays out between us, that's where resentment builds. That's where contempt builds. That's where destructive patterns build. And you know, I was I was obviously a bit bothered. I thought you had a, a really kind response. Like you actually came up and said, "Oh, are you bothered? Yeah, you know, I'm, I missed hearing from you. Oh, shoot, yeah, shoot. I'm I'm sorry. I, I I was just so caught up in the moment. I know that's important to you, and that's all. I mean, I think that's all that it takes at times in marriage is that the recognition of what's happening and and the willingness to at least acknowledge the impact. That's a key piece mm-hmm. in the gaze aversion. It's It doesn't mean don't be distracted, don't be available. It simply means to be aware of the impact. And that's, I think, our invitation for you, for those of you listening, is to be attentive and attuned to the ways in which gaze aversion plays itself out in your marriage uh, and the ways in which you might return with kindness, with understanding, with a, with, with a level of oh, yeah, I, I can see how that bothered you. A level of understanding that communicates, this is this is a moment in our life, this isn't meant to imply or uh, send you the message that you are unimportant. But when we're attuned, like you said earlier, Lisa, when we communicate understanding of that moment, I think that's where connection or reconnection occurs.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it takes practice. And, and again, I wanted to say the word safety because I think cultivating safety a place where we can share those vulnerabilities um, is a really important kind of goal to have so that there is that place of being able to share without feeling like you're gonna get judged or ridiculed or, you know, and so.
0: Mm -hmm. I think one of the questions we would leave uh, you with uh, for those of you listening would be the question of what happens for you uh, when you lose access? And how might that be somewhat familiar? Uh, in your own story, and and how might you be able to reveal that uh, in a way that, that, that cultivates connection uh, in your marriage? What happens when you lose access? Uh, what happens in your body? What do you notice? And how that might, might be somewhat familiar in your own story. Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us at thereconnectinstitute.com.